extremely humbled this morning to, to be sharing with you guys, but I'm also extremely excited. I think what I've seen over the last like two weeks or so is just, I mean, it's amazing what we saw last week, just with our one-year celebration. I spent the whole week just thinking about how far we've come in a year and how far God's brought us and just the stories and testimonies that we could probably stand here for hours just talking about it and, and not even understanding the repercussion of, of how far back it goes. Um, and I thought this morning when, what am I going to share with you guys? And, and I really felt like, oh, that's a bit loud. But um, uh, Warren gave me the, the heading, Rings and Robes, this morning. Um, I think last week we saw an incredible picture, just what Kubis and Marie did with um, Andrew and Michelle, just carrying them in a robe. And, and I thought, this week I'm going to follow it up with, with rings to, to kind of follow that. So... I'm excited to see what a new season holds for us as a church and as individuals. And I think a new season will bring new challenges. It'll bring new doors. It'll bring new doubts, new fears, new concerns. But it also brings new hope and renewed faith. And what we've heard this morning so far is just this incredible picture of Warren's just reminding us of the promises and, and what's being spoken. And I think it's amazing when God works in the background and you don't communicate <laughs> with anyone throughout the week, how he just touches on something and you really know he's going to come this morning. So I felt like God's going to remind us again of his unfailing love and character in, in, in new seasons where, to be honest with you, I was tapped out um, a couple months ago and it's probably been the hardest year that I can remember for myself and as a family. And I just know how many stories we've heard this year of just trials and pushing through and fighting and trusting and, and, and kind of continuing to do this thing that we call faith. And we can feel weak and lacking of grace and mercy and kind of courage to keep going. But for me, I've, I feel like God's going to remind us of his power and authority again. I feel like in a new season, and it's amazing, as a church, we start on the beginning of spring is our one year. And, I, and it's not a co- coincidence. We could be like, oh, it's good timing. Like, it's not. We started as a church then. And again, uh, there's a reminder now that actually like what we've built in the last year has been the foundation of what we're going to be as a church. And foundations are not built easily. It's a lot of hard graft. It's a lot of digging. It's a lot of mixing together of materials to set a solid foundation so that what God builds within us and for us is able to stand for those that are going to come into this space that they can stand strong on something that we've sacrificed for. But in that same space, we're sacrificing so that others may see God, that others may see His church, that others may see His character. And we can actually say, like, the work is done. You don't have to do any work. Just come into the space and feel free to get to know the Savior that we call Jesus. <clears throat> so, and in speaking of that, uh, I quickly want to touch in how many people here have a ring on their hand. Just hands up. On a hand, any hand. Okay, how many of you are married? Hands up. How many of you are single? Do you have a ring? Do some of you guys have a ring? Okay, for, for me, I'll share a little bit of a, a testimony with this. Oh, man. This ring was given to me by my opa, I think about four or five years ago. And my grand gave it to him on one of their wedding anniversaries. And for me, he gave it to me a couple of years before he passed away. And this is incredible. For, for me, what this represents is the battle that was fought before me that in the, and the privilege that I get to live in now. 
the, the fight that my opa fought. He came from poverty, he had nothing, and he built a business. He was a mayor of Pinetown and KZN, and he only had his standard six. It doesn't make sense, and I get to live in the fruits of what he built for years as his grandson, and an inheritance that I will receive at some point that I don't deserve. It reminds me every day that there's sacrifices that have been paid for me, that I get to live in the freedom, but I have to choose to live in that freedom, not feeling like I need to fight to deserve it. And at the same time, it reminds me of promises that God's spoken over my life. I think when I see the signet ring, I always think of, of royalty and, and kind of what, is, what it means and the historical background between how rings were used. And it reminds me when I put it on what was for me, but it also reminds me of who I am as a son. Son of the God Most High, I am His son. I walk in that sonship and I need to claim that sonship every day because every day I wake up and I realize that I don't feel worthy of it, but it's not because I do, it's just because I get to, because of what He's done. And it's amazing when I look at these rings, they hold value to some extent. There's a, there's a value to this. This is a gold ring. If it's silver, it still holds value. But for me, this, it's not about the value that it holds, it's what it represents. And for those of you that are married, when you look at it, you remember that you walked into a covenant with God and your spouse. And so remind it daily that you, that you committed to that. And at the same time that He's committed to you. And if you're single, for those of you that has, have promised rings, I know a lot of friends have and a lot of different reasons why you keep it. It's something that you're looking forward to. And it's something that you want to commit yourself to in the future. So you're either in it presently or you're still going to it. And for me, it's also part of an understanding that I want to continue to commit to the things that God's asked me to commit to. I want to continue to commit to this community. I want to continue to commit to my family. And I want to continue to commit to my relationship with God. Because I would like to, to some extent, replicate what my family has taught me is that I will sacrifice now so that my children will live in freedom. And as I do that, I learn more of God's heart. I learn more of His character. I learn more of the fact that actually I get to live by grace. I'm not working to achieve something, but I have everything that I need to build something of my own life that my kids and my spouse and my family and my friends would get to see God through me. But there's a refining process that goes through when you're taking gold. If you ever take gold out of a mine and you take it, it's this raw, rough, mixed in with rock and other materials. And I think for over the last year, we've gone through a refining process as a church. And that can hurt. Because refining in the kind of the original space was by fire. And I'm constantly reminded that to be reminded by fire can, some, can always hurt. But it's incredible because... During that time, I think as a church, we've been refined relationally, personally, spiritually, emotionally, psychologically, in our marriages, and physically. And fire, when you're refining gold, gets up to a temperature of 1,200 degrees Celsius. And it's not a one-time process. It goes through many times. There's chemicals that are added in between to get to a pure gold. But at the same time, when you're refining gold the impurities rise to the surface and they're taken away and it's done again and more gets rise to the surface. And I think over the last year, I'll say for myself that refining process has brought so much impurity in me to the surface and that you can be like, man, I'm, I'm failing this. I, I, I went through a space. I had no grace. 
uh, I had a lack of trust, I had a lack of commitment, and to be honest with you, that, that applies to all years of my life, and I forgot about the promises and the commitment that God had made to me during that refining process that He will not leave me alone. And through that process, I've, I've got to realize that actually there's things that God's busy with as a church within us. And I think, I mean, I'm not going to go through the stories this year, but it's been one after the next, from one person in our congregation to the next, just the trials coming through and, and the, the trials that they're going through. But the difference is, I look at myself now, a couple months after going through my own, I realize I'm better for it. I feel like I've understand God better. His character is, is deeper. I have a deeper sense of actually how much I need Him, how much I, I see more of His character through kind of being through, refined through that fire. But it's something that I have to continually allow myself to go through because in and out of seasons, God will allow us to go through that refining process because we better represent Christ on the other end. And it's amazing because when you go through that fire, you feel like there's the value that this thing holds. There's no more value anymore. It feels like it's gone. It's like, but the value is still there. It never left. It never got lost. It never weakened. It just got changed. But in the same time as being in that, in that fire, I've realized that this year I've seen people be kind of in the fire softened so that they may be reshaped. And I've seen myself be reshaped this year. I've had people encourage me to allow God to reshape me again. I've seen testimonies of people in this church go through incredible pain but continue to pursue and continue to pursue and continue to pursue God. And at the end of the day, I look back and I see, man, I see more of Christ in you now, Warren, than I did a year ago. I see more of Christ in you, Barry, than I see a year ago. And it's incredible when you commit yourself to a church like that and you continue to walk a road, it inspires you that it, actually if they can do it and encourage you, I'll be fine because I'm not alone when I go through that refining process. I've got a safe space here in the community. I've got God that's with me constantly actually encouraging me and I'm, I can't wait to see what this next season holds because I think the refining process is continual but I think we've gone through a huge amount of it in this last year and I think as I walk into the, the first time sharing after our one year I feel like God's going to remind us of promises now. What I want to run through to the next time is actually I want to look at Genesis 41. I'm going to quickly go through it. When Joseph was put in charge of Egypt, so Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took a signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's ring. He dressed him in robes and fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. He had him ride in a chariot as a second in command. And people shouted before him, make way. Thus he put him in charge of the whole land of Egypt. And it's incredible when I look at that space, there's, a, there's something that's been given to, to Joseph in that space, that ring that was put on him in that robe is a sign of royalty because he fit into that space. There's an authority that was given to him, a status and a standing. But just like us, he went through a season of incredible trials. And we can look and be like, man, that's amazing. But I can't imagine the loneliness, the pain, the, the sense of loss for being in prison for all those years, for being rejected by his brothers and dumped in a pit it's like, but he steps into authority and God constantly reminded him on the way that he's not forgotten him, that there's still a plan, there's still a purpose. And actually there's something that God gets to give him and he gets to remind him of his character. And I think in this time we can forget that. And I think God is ex 
is actually like, but I want to show you more. I want to show you my love. I want to show you the commitment I have to you, but I also want to call you mine. You're a son. You are a daughter of Christ. This is the authority I give you. Not by our own works, but purely because of the fact that Jesus died for us first. Then I want to follow on to the next one, Luke 15, the parable of the lost son. When he came to his senses, I'm reading from verse 17. How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare and, have, uh, and here I have starved to death? I'll set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. And obviously I'm going to cut it there, but we know that the second son comes on to be a little bit upset. But I look at that space and I think, how many of us have come from backgrounds where we feel like we've squandered it? We feel like we've lost it. We've given it away. We feel like we, we don't know where to turn. And I think this year for me, I, when I got to that space of being completely at the bottom, I started to look for help other than from God. And I was reminded that I can always run back. Run back to the Father that sees me from a distance and can't wait for me to get back. And I've made so many mistakes this year. And every time I go back to God, I have to remind myself that, that I get to walk back freely. Without shame, without guilt without fear of condemnation. And to be honest with you, I have to fight the battle in my head about what others think of me, and that's been my biggest one this year. I have to learn that I'm called to, to a specific purpose. I walk in authority that I am I'm allowed to, but humbly. But I get to run back every time I make a mistake, and I love that because when he runs back to the Father again, he gets given this ring. It's like, actually, he doesn't just belong to himself, he belongs a part of a family. And it's a sign to people that seem like, actually, that's my son. And actually, I belong to a family, and this is my father. And this year, I've had to remind myself, who is my father? And when I think about it, I'm humbled by the fact that every day I get to wake up and think, God, you created the heavens and the earth, I get to call you my father. How incredible do I get? is it that I get to wake up every morning and humbly be I get to breathe again. I listened to something this morning that said, we forget every day that when we fall asleep, our body keeps, keeps breathing, keeps breathing, keeps breathing. It's like only by the grace of God does He allow us to wake up in the morning again. But nothing else. And I look at us this year and I think we've gone through so much that sometimes we feel like we've stopped breathing. And I feel like I was like, now it's time to wake up. It's time to remember the promises I've spoken over you. Those dreams, those desires, those promises that you've long forgotten about. I want you to remember them today because I put them in you. I've, I've, I've stirred that in you. That, that desire to go to Poland, I put that in you. Jan and DJ. I don't know the steps to get there, but I will not let go of those promises because that's all I have to hold on to. 
in times where I feel like I don't deserve it. And my battles this year has been like, I don't feel like I'm worthy of the future that I've been called to. But I choose today to remember that because he said so, I will, I will walk in that. I will fight for that. I will fight with him for that. And the last scripture I want to go to is Esther, verse 8. Strange one. <clears throat> so the background here is actually, well, let me read it first. King Xerxes replied to Queen Esther and to Mordecai the Jew, Because Haman attacked the Jews, I have given his estate to Esther, and they have impaled him on the pole he set up. I just want to quickly go back. I think in this, the background, and for us as a church as well, I think we feel like the enemy has just hit us. This last year, he's just hit us. He's hit us. He's hit us. He's hit us. And we feel like we're God's chosen people, but we feel like we've been forgotten. We feel like the enemy has taken us out. We can't stand anymore. We are weak. I can't remember the promises he spoke over us. But there's a restoration here that King Xerxes actually says to Mordecai, and classifies him as the Jew, because Haman has attacked the Jews, I have given his estate to Esther. And I feel like God's going to give you back those things that the enemy's taken. He's going to give you back those dreams. He's going to give you back that space. He's going to give you back the things that you feel you've lost in this year to come. And we've spoken about so much. It is a new season and spring is here. Start to trust God for that revival to take place, that renewed faith. And I feel like he's going to come in the quiet space. He's going to talk to you. He's going to just pour water over you. He's going to sprinkle those seeds that are there because they're not gone. They aren't dead. But now's the time. It says here, Now write another decree in the king's name in behalf of the Jews as seems best to you, and seal it with the king's signet ring. For no document written in the king's name and sealed with his ring can be revoked. And I love that. Because I'm again reminded daily that what God seals with his ring, and when he puts it on you, nothing can take it away. Nothing. No one, no man, no spiritual authority can take that away if God has given it to you. And I'm reminded that it's written by the author of life. That the author of life has written your name in the book of life. It's like, it's done, it's finished. Nothing can take it away, nothing can, can, can strip you of that. And we've got to constantly re- remind ourselves that when we feel like our tree is bare, that, there's, that fruit is still there. It may look different. It may be a season where it's not visible. But the value that is in that ring, the value that is in that fruit is still there. It was never lost. It might have just have been dormant. And I feel like for us, again, there's a, there's a revival that's going to take place here. And whether that means we're here or a different venue, it might look differently. As we can see, we're getting bigger. We're going to need more space. We've got sound equipment. It's, it's, it's weird. It's awkward. It's ESCOM. It's... People, it's like, yeah, maybe it might feel awkward when God gets busy with you and that fruit starts springing up, but just trust Him for that. Trust Him because new things are sometimes uncomfortable. And it's sometimes it's, it's itchy and it's scratchy and it's weird. But man, I, the fruit that I want is not for me. I want to see others come into that space. I want that fruit to be for others. I want to walk around the city and plant seeds and actually, like, are you thirsty? Are you hungry? Here's fruit that I've been given. Let me show you the one that gives you that fruit. Let me show you the one that, that took these roots deep because it's not on my own doing. I can't do it by myself. You want to build that business? You want that relationship to work? Let God build fruit in it. 
that family, that marriage that might be struggling, that family that may be lost, trust them, trust them for fruit. But the thing is, we have to surrender to the fire, and I think we've chosen to do that. And I will continually choose to be put in the fire if I come out shinier and brighter than before that I would represent Christ. I will do it over and over again because the man I am at 25 is not the man I was at 19 when I got saved. Ask my sister. (laughs) But how much more in six, seven years' time? If I am this way now, how much more for you in six years' time? How much fruit would you bear? How many seeds would you plant? Rajesh, how big would that business grow? How much would God pour out over you? His wisdom, His favor, His open doors for you. I've seen the beginning, it's, it's not even begun. But trust Him, continually give Him that business, continually give Him that marriage, continually give Him your friends, your finances, your mind, your heart. And never forget that that value was never lost. It only looks a little bit different. And you might be reshaped. The ring might take a little bit of a different shape. But that ring that is on you will never be taken away. I want to trust and ask you guys to start to walk in that authority. He's claimed you as his own. And you can claim his as yours. His promises and his faithfulness are never ending and unfailing. Trinity Central, I pray over you and your authority this morning. A new season. He's not finished with you. He has only just begun. I remind you of the covenant that Jesus has made with you. That you get to walk in grace and freedom. I pray, Father God, this morning for every single person sitting here. That a new authority would fall on them right now, Holy Spirit. I pray those that have never worn a ring would be given one today. Over this next week that you would... You just put something on their hand to remind them that they are yours. Father God, a new dream, a, a, new, a new, whatever it might be, Father God, but I pray that you restore. Right now, Father God, I pray that you would renew. I pray that we would lift our heads to you once more and say, actually, because of you, I can continue this. I pray that you would put joy back in us, Father God, where we, are being, where we feel tired and broken and tapped out, Father God, would you give us joy again? Would you give us life? Would you pour out your waters of the heavens this morning, Father God? I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would move. I pray that peace would fill this place. Your peace and your unfailing love. You'd remind us this morning that you've not forgotten us. (laughs) But you have caught us and we get to choose to stand up again. Father God, I pray that we'd stand this morning. But I pray, Father God, that also where we feel we are too tired to stand, that there's a community here that will, that will help you stand. A little bit of background music. But Father God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for these people. I thank you for, I thank you for the fact that in the trials, you get to show you. More than ever before, Father God, you love an opportunity to declare your name again. To show the world that you are real. That you are the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That you are the one true saviour, Father God. (laughs) You are jealous for your people. I pray that if you've never felt a jealousy over you this morning, you'd feel it. The jealousy of the Father over you.
that he's so jealous for you, for your future, for everything that, he, that you encompass because he made you. He knows you. <laughs> he sees the potential and the value in you and he's just like, come on, let me show you there's more, there's more, there's more. Trust me. Go deeper. In the fire you are not alone and you will stand again. Holy Spirit, would you come and have your way this morning? And I pray for the future and the next year of Trinity Central that we would see fruit, Father God, that we would see seeds planted, testimonies, Father God, a revival that would take place in our workspace, in our marriages, in our lives, in our minds, in our hearts, Father God. Where there was brokenness, there is now healing. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Um, I was making breakfast for Eva and she's like, no, she wants these Pop-Tarts. So these terrible things that you put in the toaster and comes out and has um, some nice icing on the top, which was boiling hot, which got all over my finger and nice and sticky. And so I had this massive blister on my hand um, this whole week. And I was just thinking now, as Tristan was speaking, where um, you've got like the, the story of Esther and Mordecai and Haman, and he's, he's planned this whole thing against Mordecai, and he's planned like these gallows that he set up, that the enemy has, has planned things against you guys. And you've, you've given it a try, you've given it a go, you've given, given church a go, you've given, like you, you've trusted God for something. You've said, actually, I'll, I'll say yes to you and fix my life. And it hasn't gone quite the way you planned. And so you, you're a little bit burnt and you've got that blister and you've got something that's reminding you of the pain, reminding you of, you of giving, giving it a chance. And like Tristan said, this is, this, this is a new season. It's a new chance. And I think God's challenging some people of, actually, will you trust me again? Will you listen to me again? Will you go back and say, what have I actually called you to? What am I asking you to do in this next season? You've run well. You've done well, and now it's been hard. But now there's a new season. And everything you've learned in the past is going to be used for this season. You had a dream, you had a plan, you had an idea of where you were going, and now God's saying, now will you go this way? Now will you, you come back and let's... It's reimagine what church is going to look like for you, of where you're going to add yourself. Like church like this is is awkward, it's messy, you can't really hide, but we need each and every one of you. We need you guys to play the parts that God's called you to do. And those parts are going to look different to what they've looked like in any other church before. Because we don't have the neat sound team and kids ministry and this and that, and we don't have life groups and small groups and it's not saying we want all of those things because I, I want you to sit with God and imagine what is God calling me to what have, what have I got that I can actually add and allow God to speak to you I was chatting to Henry Louise before this and actually we don't have a simple formula of like hey this is the Trinity Central like growth track it's like it's going to look different for each and every one of you because each and every one of you is different. Some of you are coming in here with a 30-year history of walking with God. And some of you are coming in here with a three-day history of walking with God. 
it's going to look different for both of those people. But each and every one of you can grab hold of something right now. I think God's created a foundation over this past year where there's genuine love, there's genuine trust for each other, trust for what church can actually do. But the awkwardness is that it, it requires a mutual participation where you guys have to, you have to grab hold of what God asks you to do while we do the same. Honestly, I had like a, a rough week this week. After like the one year, I think everything built up to that. And it felt like I almost just hit a wall after that one year. And I haven't felt like myself this week. And I've struggled through it. And like, I mean, it's not that big a deal. But, but there was a moment on, I think it was Friday afternoon, where I was just like, God, but what, what's actually happening? What do you want of me? And I was sitting, and the one thing that got me out of like that malaise or whatever it was, was thinking about you guys. Because, oh man, like we, we had a saying, we, we were talking in the house, and it's like, Ooh, Sunday's come quickly. <laughs> because Sunday's quite a bit of work setting up and prepping, and like, okay, I have to wake up early and get this done. And it, it's fun, but it's also, it's like, man, okay, I have to wake up and let's get going and have to be ready. And it's like, Sunday's come quickly. Yeah, so it's like, it, it can seem like it's, it's a lot of hard work. But when I think about the stories, and I think about what God's done in individuals' lives, oh, it quickly makes it all worthwhile. And it quickly changes that perspective of like, oh, I'm tired, but it's like, actually, but look at what God is doing. Look at the, the story of Barry and Bex's life. You guys don't know, but they met in this lounge. They met in our life group many years back, and we've had an interesting journey, and then they've, I got the privilege of marrying them. I'm like, watching stories like that is such a privilege. Like, that was pre-Trinity Central days, but yeah, it's just one picture of the stories that is, God has used, I don't know, this lounge for, and I trust for many, many more. So, anyway, before I keep preaching... Tristan did well. Um, yeah, we do communion every single week because this is our moment to remember God, to actually encounter Him. Regardless of what was preached or worship or load shedding or anything else, you guys get to meet with God this morning. And this is one way of doing it. Actually, every time we get together, we do this in remembrance of Christ what he did. He came and showed us the Father. And he came and promised us that he's going to give us the Spirit. That he would never be alone. So no matter what you are facing now, I think of that enemy creating like this gallows, like Haman. Whatever he's planned against you. That worst thing that you are struggling with right now. What your family's going through. What you have wrestled with your entire life. That plan, that, like, that scheme of the enemy is going to be used to actually be your glory and his demise. Because the gallows that he uses actually hangs like Haman. And the exact plan that he had against Christ became Christ's glory. And the same thing for you guys. Whatever he's got planned against you, whatever you think is the greatest opposition, becomes your greatest glory when you submit it to Christ. So Lord, I want to thank you for your body. I want to thank you for your blood. Thank you for what you are doing amongst us. Pray that you would help us 
to just echo those words, I believe in God the Father, I believe in Christ the Son, I believe in the Holy Spirit. Our God is three in one. Trinity Central, we place you at the center of our lives. We remember what you have done, what it means for us, how it shows us how we get to live. We remember you right now, Lord. I pray that you would come and take what the enemy has planned against us and use it actually for your glory, for your church's glory, for our glory. Thank you, Lord.